and the end hasn't come. And the problem for us is maybe the end isn't coming, maybe we just got it wrong. It's hard to keep living expectantly when the end seems so long coming. But that's what we're commanded to do by Jesus. Now, I don't know what, how your heart works, but when, I, when I've been suffering and when I've failed, when my life hasn't been working out the way it, I thought it should, I started to wonder about the whole Christian thing. You know, <laughs> is it worth living? Is Jesus really coming back? If I'm a son or, son or daughter of the living God, how come my life doesn't work out perfectly all the time? That's what I'd like it to do. The answer is because, of course, we live in between the ages. We're not in heaven yet, but we're not completely in the old age. We live in between. Now, the Psalms regularly ask this question, how long, O Lord, before you return to make it all the way it's meant to be? How long do I have to wait? Now, that's an existential question for us today. Have you felt that problem? Maybe you're feeling it today. Just because it's New Year's Day doesn't mean to say it's a good day. It might be, it may not be. The question as to why Jesus hasn't returned up to now is a fair question. And the answer that Peter gives comes out of the character of God himself. What's the ultimate, what's a four-letter word describes the character of God? Love. Like if I had a minty, you'd get it. Well done. God is love. We should never forget that as Christians. He's many other things, of course, but he's, at his very heart, he is love. And the reason he holds back the final return of Jesus is he doesn't want anyone to perish. Peter tells us this in verse 9. He says, God holds back the return of Jesus because he wants to give as many people as possible the chance to come into the kingdom. And so it's God's loving character that holds back the return of Jesus rather than his forgetfulness. Now I for one am very glad that God has held back the return of Jesus because I have many members in my family who are not followers of Jesus. And so I hope that God gives them the maximum chance to hear the gospel and repent and turn to him. I know, you know maybe like you, have many members of your family or members of your family who are not Christians or you know people who are not Christians. Thank goodness God is holding back that day of Christ's return to give them the chance to come into the kingdom to receive all the, all the blessings of the end. But just because God hold, has held back the end for 2,000 years, don't think it's not coming. The end will come unexpectedly as it did in the time of Noah when the waters flooded the earth it will come unexpectedly, as when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. The end will come, be sure of it. But be thankful that the end hasn't come yet. And so, <clears throat> if that's the problem that Peter's been addressing, how are we meant to live in a year, as well as 2023, how are we meant to live then? What, what might help us to live well this year? Well, for the Apostle Peter, it's there in chapter 2, verse 2, sorry, 3, verse 2. He says, remember, remember the predictions of the prophets found in the Old Testament 
and the teaching of the apostles found in the New Testament. Remember the commandment of the Lord that's been mediated to us through the apostles, the eyewitnesses of his resurrection and glory. Now, remembering is a really important thing for human beings, which is why when you lose your memory, it's such a, a cruel thing because it takes your life as well. Human beings remember we are unique amongst all creation and we go to remember stuff. Peter urges his readers to remember what they received in the Old Testament, the promises of the prophets, as well as the apostolic teaching that's come through him. Peter reminds them about what they've received. Peter reminds them that he was there on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured. He saw the glory of the Christ. He was there when the resurrected Christ came back and recommissioned him, if you like. He was an eyewitness to all this, which is why, as he writes this letter, he's shortly quite content to be martyred for those beliefs because he, know, he knew what was real. And that's what he's passing on to his readers and what he's passing on to us. So he says, remember what you've been taught from the apostles, what they saw, what they heard, as well as the promises that come to us through the Old Testament prophets, the writings, if you like, that were fulfilled in Jesus. Because Peter says, remember, chapter 1, verse 21, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in this book. We have the very words of God, which is why they are trustworthy and true, and why they will indeed be fulfilled. I'm not sure what you're going to be remembering in 2023. Some good things, some bad things maybe. But whatever else you do, please remember God's big story. Creation, uncreation, recreation, all through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can be part of that by putting your faith and trust in the living God. Peter reminds us that the Lord does keep his promises. His big promises and his, his personal promises to you and me. He keeps those promises. The same word that caused the creation to begin will also bring it to a close at the appointed time. Time doesn't constrain God the way it does you and me. We live in time. I'm getting old, in case you hadn't noticed. Well, I am, trust me. On this side of my glasses, I'm getting old. Time constrains us. We live in time. But the Lord is not constrained by time. A thousand years are like one day to him. One day is like a thousand years. He, you know, he knows the end before the beginning is even started. That's why when he speaks the word, you can be sure it will be fulfilled. It either has been fulfilled or it will be fulfilled because he's spoken it. So God's promises can be our compass this year. As we try and navigate the, the whatever's coming at us, God's promises are the foundation that we stand on. So when we find ourselves doubting, sit down by yourself with the Word and the Holy Spirit and let that comfort you and strengthen you as you face whatever's coming at you this year. Indeed, one of the reasons we need to keep meeting physically is to do that, is to encourage each other, to remind each other of the character and love of God found in His Word, mediated to us by the Holy Spirit. We need to meet, each, meet regularly to do that, that's part of the ministry we have to each other. Me to you, you to me, and us to each other. That's why we meet. It's a testimony to the world 
that the living God is real. So, the problem, scoffers, saying the end doesn't come, it is coming. The answer, according to Peter, remember. Remember the promises of God confirmed by the apostles as they were the eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus. Those promises are going to come true because God has said they are. If that's the case, <coughs> what, what, what do we need to look like? What's this look like when it's being lived out? Where does the rubber hit the road? What's that going to look like for you and me? Well, Peter says in uh, chapter, verse, chapter 3, verse 11, that there are a few things that we need to be focused on as God's people as we live this out. <laughs> Excuse me. It says, firstly, we're to be people who strive to live holy and godly lives. Are you, striving, are you going to strive to, be, to live a holy and godly life this year? Is that going to be your number one aim? I hope it is. I hope it's going to be my number one aim and your number one aim. We're to live out of our knowledge and experience of the living God. Because you know we don't, living a holy and godly life doesn't make you right with God. You do that because you put your faith and trust in him. He's forgiven you and he's brought you into the family of God, made you his son or daughter, given you his Holy Spirit. Because of all that, we respond and we live a holy and godly life. Not because it's a burden, because it's not. I was talking to someone very recently, a young person. Well, he's not that young, he's 30. But I was sort of backpedaling a bit about, you know, how life's getting harder for Christians and so on and so forth because the way the culture's going. We need to be reminding ourselves and the world that the Christian life is a life of great blessing. It's a wonderful life. Otherwise, why would you bother? We need to talk up the blessings of the Christian life because the world portrays the Christian life as devoid of joy, sterile, you know, um, not worth living. And the world says, oh, come and live with us because we've got the way. And the Christian way is not it, apparently. But the reality is that the Christian life is life as it was meant to be lived. It's the life that Adam and Eve had before they sinned and were cast out of the garden. The Christian life, even now, gives us a taste of the life we were all meant to have. It's a wonderful life. It's a good life. It's a blessed life to be known by God, by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head if you have any hair left. And you know God in his son, Jesus Christ. In the years ahead, whether it's 2023 or beyond, the Christian church and churches and individual Christians are going to be like lifesavers, rescuing people who have been abused and damaged by the Antichrist culture that is all around us. In, you know, we are going to become like a lifeboat, giving hope to those who have no hope as we point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget how good the Christian life is. Yeah, it's going to get tough, but life's tough anyway. Living as a Christian is a great way to live. So, I hope you're going to try and live a holy and godly life this year, whatever, you're, whatever age you are. second thing that we're to do is to wait for the day. Now, 
normally waiting is a fairly passive thing, right? If I said to one of you, hop up and go and wait for the bus, you'd say, what bus? It's New Year's Day. But if there was a bus, you know, waiting is fairly passive. Nothing happens when you're waiting. You're just sitting there, you know, scrolling through your emails on your phone, trying to pass the time. But what the, the sort of waiting that Peter is talking about is a remembering waiting. It's waiting and remembering. It's an active thing. Remembering the good things that God has done for us. Remembering his mighty acts, which you can read about here, folks, that he has done and what he will do. And so we are to be people who remember. Israel was meant to remember their salvation from Egypt through the Exodus events. They were to remember the covenant that was given to them on the mountain by Moses. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. It was pretty straightforward. We are to be people who remember. Because in remembering, we'll also be looking forward to what's going to happen. Whether it's tomorrow, whether it's in another thousand years' time, won't matter, because it's going to happen. Now, at this point, it gets a bit ugly. <coughs> I'm going to try and use an illustration. Cooking illustration. You've got to imagine, I'm going to use the illustration because we are saturated, in our, saturated all the time by our culture's message. And it's not a Christian, it's not a sympathetic Christian message. It's not pointing us to Jesus. It's an anti-Christ message. We are saturated with it. Every time you watch a movie, every time you turn the television on, every time you listen to a social commentator, it's, it's not encouraging you to be a Christian. We're saturated with that. We, our children and our grandchildren, are living in it. But we often don't sort of get it. It's like the two fish swimming in a swimming in the water. An old fish swims by and says, how's the water today? They swim on by and one of them turns to the other and says, what's water? We are slowly being, we're like boiled frogs, we're slowly being boiled. But we're not immune from that. We live in this culture. You know, you can't, unless you want to go and live in a sort of commune somewhere by yourself with no contact with the outside world, we live in this culture, we are shaped by it. We need to push back on that by remembering. Because if we don't, well, we're going to get marinated by the culture, like a piece of chicken in sauce. You know, we are going to become much more like the, the culture than Christianity. Christ said to us, you know, you've got to be salty and light if you're going to make any difference in anyone's life. Are you salty and are you light? The only way to do that is to be reminded and remind yourself and your children and grandchildren as to the great story of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. God's promises have been spoken. And because they've been spoken, they will happen. As the prophet Isaiah says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. I hope you live 2023 in the certainty of God's promises, determined to live a holy and godly life. As I said when I began, we can't undo 2022, sadly. Or, you know, we, 
if you made some mistakes there, well, they're there. Sorry, you can't undo them, but you can do something about 2023. None of us can know when Jesus is going to return. Only the Father knows, according to Jesus, when he's returning. But return he will. How will he find us? Will he find us expectantly, waiting his return, living for him, transforming each other and transforming the world? That's the question. But his exhortation through the Apostle Peter is to be ready to live wisely, making the most of whatever life we have left. We have his Holy Spirit and his Holy Word to guide us. There's no secret to how to live the Christian life. It's all in here. You just have to read it. That's the tricky bit. Read it and accept that as it is, the Word of God. We can take Jesus at his word. He's not going to let us down. He is coming back. He is here with us now until he comes back by his Spirit. He's a loving and merciful Saviour. He hears our prayers. And so if we put our trust in him this morning, and I hope you have. If you haven't, you need to. We can be sure that he will be with us until either our end or the end. Both those options are good for the Christian. So may you live wisely and well in this year of our Lord, 2023. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we sit here on this New Year's Day, wondering what 2023 has in store for us, we thank you that whatever it has in store for us, you are with us by your word and your spirit. So we pray that you would guide us now and strengthen us that we might live holy and godly lives this year, remembering all that you have done and all that you will do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.